Thursday, September 29th. French. As they probably say in La Belle France, Qu'est-ce que c'est le point of France? 3pm. Read-through. Had our first proper read-through of Rom and Jewel. Our star-studded cast features me as Merc Lurkio, Miss Prissy Nickers, Jazz, as Jewel, Ellen as Tybalt, or something, what do you think? Oh, am I the page as well, or something? Rosie in a tour de force, and also possibly a beard, as the nurse. The octopus in the ointment is, of course, waiting for Miss No Forehead to come and be Rom. Then Miss Wilson said, I am afraid Lindsay cannot be at the read-through today. She has to go for an interview for college. We all pretended to cry and shouted out, Ah, oh, prithee like a day. Have you seen my tights? Gadzooks! And so on for a while. As nauseating pea green was only townspeople, she read the rom part. She was so excited, her glasses steamed up. I said to Jazz, You lucky, lucky tart. But Jazz shoved me away. She always takes these things so seriously. And I think she really does believe that it is the story of her and Hunky. Halfway through, it was complete chaos, with Rosie shouting, Am I on? Shall I wear my nurse's beard? And Jazz was saying stuff like, But what is my motivation here? Why would I suddenly go across to the balcony window? Perhaps I heard a night owl. Absolute wobbish stuff. Jazz insists on getting owls in everything. I just wanted to get to the fighting bit. I said to Miss Wilson, have you got the swords yet? And she dithered about, saying ridiculous stuff like, perhaps for now you could use a pointed finger. Is she mad? Yes, is the answer you are searching, not very far for. I said to Miss Wilson, may I just illustrate my point vis-à-vis -vis the ultimate crapnosity of trying to have a sword fight with a pointed finger? I did the bit where we have the fisticuffs and Tybalt stabs me, Merc Lurkio, to death. I put my finger up and said, Tybalt, you rat catcher, will you walk? Which is my fave bit, actually. Then Ellen, as Tybalt EO, says, I am for you. Or in Ellen's case, uh, is it this bit or something? Do I, is it for, I said, Ellen, just say I am for you and then fight me to the death. Bloody hopeless. Ellen came shuffling over, pointing a finger at me. Ooh, scary. I jabbed my finger at her and she stuck her finger in my waist, which I didn't notice, actually, until I said, come on, get on with it, stab me to death with your index finger. And she said, I, 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 I just did. I looked at Miss Wilson and said, do you see? We need swords and plenty of them and blood and maybe a bit of old liver. Have you got blood bags? Rosie said, I can make severed fingers out of sausages, at which point a strange woman came in in really bright clothes. Miss Wilson was all over her like a rash, bobbing like a bobbing thing. Oh, girls, girls, this is Miriam. She has come to improvise with us this morning. She has trained with Lecoq. Ten minutes later, we just about managed to get ourselves under control. I thought Rosie might have to go to the school nurse. She was laughing so much. Nauseating Pea Green was the only one who looked a bit puzzled. She was blinking and saying, What is so funny? Rosie said, I don't think Pea Green understands how ver amusant a grown-up saying she is trained with Lecoq is. I don't think she gets it.
I said, she wouldn't get it if it came in a big bag labelled it. And I'm not wrong. Twenty minutes later. If we thought Miss Wilson was odd, Miriam took the biscuit oddwise. She was mega odd and a half. She was dressed mostly in coloured scarves with two or three round her head and she wore big shoes and kept falling over things. Rosie said, Is Miriam breaking those shoes in for a clown? Sadly, Miriam was a clown. We weren't allowed to just say our boring old lines. We had to do mime and clown gestures. We had to find our inner clown. 4pm. Still, it passes the time. Thank God, the final bell. As we slouched off to the cloakroom, I said to the gang, I'm bloody exhausted, and I will tell you this for free. I'm not wearing tights and a big red nose. Jules said, She won't really make us wear the noses, will she? I thought we were just wearing them to please Mad Miriam. Jazz said, Actually, I found it quite liberating doing the clowning. I found a different part of Juliet, sort of more playful. She's just a teenager, after all, like us. We all looked at her. I said, She's 550 years old. Jazz was ready to do storming off in the Huffmobile when I said, Actually, you might be right, Jazz. If you and your boyfriend, Wet Lindsay, wear clown noses, that would put proper snogging out of the question. Voila! Bob A. Longcall. 4.05pm. Things are hotting up in the Miss Wilson and Rudy Camayat apartment. They walked out of the school gates together tonight. Miss Wilson looked like she was showing him her inner clown, bobbing her head around like a demented pigeon. Rudy took off his glasses and cleaned them with his scarf. That is how very, very excited he was. Luckily, it's German tomorrow. Three minutes later. Crikey! Massimo's at the gates again. Back to the bloody loo for me for glamour work. 6pm. They are awfully demonstrative, the pizza-a-go-go types, and also not inhibited. When he saw me, the love god actually came through the school gates into the playground and then he snogged me among the milling girls who were all squeaking and shrieking like wild geese. It seems a bit sort of pervy snogging someone in the school playground. I don't know why. I don't associate sex gods with school or anything to do with rudy-doody or snoggy-poos. In fact, when we had so-called sex education with someone called Mrs Tampax, probably, I had my fingers in my ears and was humming. It's just not right. The ace gang sloped off and Massimo took me home on his scooter. 7pm. In my private boudoir of Le. He has given me a little locket. Crikey. It's a heart with a photo of him inside. He's on a beach in his jeans and he doesn't have a top on. I must never, ever, ever mention this to Dave the Laugh. I can imagine what he will say. Anyway, shut up. I'm not imagining what he will say. 10pm. The love god says he will miss me when he goes to Lernan Town this weekend, but a little break doesn't hurt anyone, I say. Two minutes later. I seem to be the only one who does say it, though. The rest of the gang are practically glued to their boyfriends. What happened to the one for all and one for one and all in all, Fandango? Four minutes later. I heard Mum call out to Dad. Bob! Would you put a hot water bottle in bed for me? And a cup of hot chocolate would be lovely. Thank you. I don't know what is going on with Mum and Dad, but it's weird. Mum keeps asking Dad to do things and he keeps doing them. Two minutes later. Unfortunately, she hasn't said, hand over your money and make your way to Europe. 
I've pinned a photo of the wildcats on the shed door so that Angus can look at them. He likes it a lot. He stares and stares and then does that silent meowing thing. Then he starts shaking. I can see him through my bedroom window. I thought it would be a relief for Bumpty, but unfortunately, Angus divides his time equally between staring at his photo and budgie staring. Friday, September 30th. Hooray! Nearly freedom! Thank you, baby Jesus, for leading us through another week of pain and tribulation. Triple maths and David Copperpants. Lurching out of assembly, which was only bearable because Slim nearly fell up the stairs when she went onto the stage. She so clearly can't see where her feet are. Wet Lindsay came up to me after assembly and said, Nicholson, the headmistress wants to see you in her office now. What had I done? What? I knocked on Slim's door and she said, Come. Oh, God. Ten minutes later, one of the most embarrassing things in the history of embarrassmentosity has happened. It was so horrific, I may have to go lie down in the loos. Two minutes later. Hawkeye was taking joggers, and when I walked in late, she said, So pleased you managed to fit us into your busy schedule, Georgia. Sit down and treat us to your description of the formation of an oxbow lake. Oh, God. Break. The ace gang all crowded round me at break, going, What happened? Did the clown lady complain? Rosie said, Yes. Did she tell that we laughed at Lecoq? I looked at her. I said, She talked about snogging. Rosie opened her eyes wide. Oh, my God. I said, Slim has given me a sex lecture. The ace gang went, No! Oh, yes. An onion bargee has talked to me about snogging. All the ace gang went, Oh, lack, that is so disgusting! Rosie said, Phone the police now. Oh, I feel dirty. Rosie said, did she actually say, what number have you got up to on the snogging scale? No, thank God. It was mostly inappropriate behaviour in front of the younger girls, running before I could walk, saving yourself for the right young man, all in good time. In fact, a quick summary would be, blah, 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 rave on, rave on, tremble, tremble, have some pride and dignity. Rosie said, what she means really is, don't tart around so much. Thank you for that, Rosie. Lunchtime. I feel besmirched. I asked Miss Stamp if I could have a shower, even though we haven't had games today. She said, go on then, but I'm coming to keep an eye on you. Bloody hell, this place is quite literally like prisoner cell block H. Two hours later. How dare Slim talk about my private parts. I don't talk about hers. I don't even think about hers. Oh God, I just have done. Last lesson of the week, and fortunately, it's German. I may even get a light snooze in before home time. I said that to the gang. I am absolutement full of exhaustosity. I feel like I've been through the mangle of love, which I have. Rosie has been reading her German for Fools book again. She said to me, Pratt is Voltrotte. It is a Zare musical language. Bazoomers in German is Mürpsi. As the bell rang, Rosie leapt up and did comedy beard work. She had her beard underneath her desk and she was pretending to beat it off her face and yelling, Herr Kammer, Herr Kammer, ich glaub mich knutscht ein Hamster. 
Herr Kammer blinked through his glasses and then said very quickly, Guten Abend, and walked out quickly. I said, what did you say? And Rosie said, I think a hamster is snogging me. 4.10pm. I was quite relieved when I got to the school gates and there was no sign of the Lerve God. Slim is sure to be on snogging alert somewhere, probably with binoculars. She could quite easily hide them about her person and you would never know. 4.20pm. As we walked along as a gang, it was nice and jolly, and a relief to be away from Stalag 14, and just to have the weekend stretching before me. No one's got a proper plan for the weekend, as there's no gig or anything, but we're going to have a ring around. I feel really happy and free. I don't know why. Rosie said, Rom and Jewel could do with a bit of livening up, couldn't it, music-wise? Couldn't we ask Miss Wilson if we could have a song or two? Cheer things up a bit in among the suicide and fighting? Hmm. Four minutes later. We're all skipping along. Yes, I do mean skipping along. Singing songs from the sound of music. It was that ye olde Shakespearean classic, The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Tights, with tights I have worn for a thousand years. We were just all singing. I go to the hills when my tights are lonely. When Dave and the lads leapt out from behind a tree. I was so flustered I nearly fell over. When I got my breath back, I said, Have you been following us? Dave said, Yes. I said, Well, that's not nice, is it? Dave said, Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is. I particularly noticed your bazoomers wiggling about when you were skipping. That's disgusting. I liked it. Don't you feel ashamed sneaking about and so on? Nein, ich feel gut. I said, I think you will find you are a bit of a Voltrotter. He said, Ach, Scheißenhausen. It does make me laugh. Five minutes later, we all lolloped along together. The lads were in top moods because of a coup d'etat they had done at school. They had drawn a massive boy's trouser snake on the playing field with weed killer. They'd done it under cover of playing footy and then just waited for it to emerge. Dave said, top class, group work. I very nearly told them about my snogging lecture from Slim, but I didn't want to talk about the love god in front of Dave the Laugh. I did tell him about Mad Miriam and how he had had to find our inner clown. Dave said, has your inner clown got a horn? At the bottom of the hill, everyone else peeled off to go home. The casual plan is to go to the cinema tomorrow eves. Dave walked along with me. He pushed me in the arm and loosened his tie and smiled at me. Long time since we did this, isn't it, Kitty Cat? You're too frightened of the call of my magnetic horn to be alone with me, aren't you? I said, er, uh, Dave, I'm not frightened of your magnetic horn, and that is le fact. He said, you are. I'm not. You are. I'm not. And just repeating something doesn't make it an argument. It does. It does not. Hang on a minute, we're doing it again, stop it. There was a silence, then he said, No, you stop it. He is so annoying. Funny, though. We didn't talk about the love god or Emma, although I half expected her to come running up behind us with some warm milk for Dave or something. Is that what happens to girls around boys? They just turn into zombie girls? Somebody should try telling my mum that she's supposed to be a man-pleaser. She asked Dad to polish her shoes last night, and he did. What is all that about? When we reached my turn-off, Dave said, So, what are you up to tomorrow night? I said, Well, I'm... The rest of them want to go to the cinema, but, you know, it'll be like Snog Central, and I... He looked at me with his crinkly eyes. 
And your girlfriend is not around. I said, oi. But, well, yeah, I guess. There was a moment's pause and then Dave said, well, I'll be on my jacksy as well, so maybe see you there. Slaters. Blimey. When I got to my house, Massimo was sitting outside on his scooter chatting to Mum and Libby. Libby had got his spare helmet on, so it was essentially a helmet on a pair of legs. I could hear her laughing inside the helmet. Five minutes later. Why doesn't Mum go in with Libby? I keep raising my eyebrows and looking at her in a meaningful way, but she doesn't know what I mean. Massimo has put his arms around me, and I'm half sitting on his knee. I feel weird in front of my mum. Oh, joy unbounded. Oscar is lurking about. Does he really think that wearing a baseball cap backwards is going to get him a girlfriend? Also, when he jumped over his gate, he caught his shoe in his falling-down jeans fiasco and head-dived into his dad's perennials. Quite literally, hoo-ah! Sad, really. Also, I can't help noticing I am in my school uniform. This is not the air of sophisticosity I am aiming for. Also, even though nothing was going on with Dave the Laugh except just mate-wise, I couldn't help thinking what would have happened if the love god had seen us skipping along together. Talking about Dave's magnetic horn. Dave seemed more like Dave the Laugh again. He hadn't shown any signs of numptiness, which is good. Not that I care, really, but, well, you know. Don't you? I hope you do, because I certainly don't. As my brain burbled merrily on by itself, Massimo said, Cara, I must go. We are driving now for London. I am missing you. Bellissima, Georgia. And he kissed me on the lips. In front of my mother. Dear God. Mum said, How beautiful. See you when you get back and good luck with everything. Then Massimo went and gave her two kisses on either cheek. He said, Bella, Mama. My mother practically collapsed on the spot. Then she laughed like a fool and said, <laughs> The romantic mood was spoiled a bit by the complete fandango of getting the spare helmet off Libby. First of all, she said, No, I like it. It's mine. And ran off to hide. Of course, being a helmet on legs doesn't make it easy to hide. Nor does the fact that she thinks just standing very still behind a small tree makes her invisible. When I went and got her, she kicked my leg and said, Shh, Gingy, I'm hiding, you bad boy. I lured her out of it by the jammy dodger bribe. She couldn't eat them with a helmet on, but I also had to promise to read her Heidi again. Mum tried to help by suggesting I read something called The Magic Faraway Tree by Enid Blyton. At least it's trees instead of cheese. Reading The Magic Faraway Tree, 20 minutes later. Why do they let impressionable children read this sort of thing? It has even freaked Libby out because it's so insane. There's some bloke called Moonface in it, and he has got a moon face. Literally. Isn't that a bit moonist? In my bedroom. It's odd having someone really like you. Am I that brilliant? Maybe all pizza go go boys are like Massimo. Hang on a minute. Rom is a pizza go go type. It's all fitting together now. Rom only snogged Jewel once before he shinned up her drainpipe, Ua, and then he married her and committed suicide. Perhaps all pizza go go boys are the same. Two minutes later. If I hear a scrabbling noise outside my bedroom window one night, it might not be Angus dragging some half-eaten cockroach for me to look at. It might be Massimo wanting a midnight wedding. Crikey, I've already got a locket. 8.30pm. 
Massimo phoned just before he set off. He said, Miss Georgia, will you wait for me? I was thinking, blimey, mate, it's only a day and a half. But I said, yes. I hadn't really thought about it before, but I suppose if he did go on tour, we might not see each other all the time. And there would be loads of girls around him. But he's not a red-bottomed hornmeister, is he? Question is, am I?